0: welcome back to the retail maverick show uh, with me andrew busby your host and i'm delighted to have somebody who uh he's lived for many years in the united states so um he's going to give us a view from uh, uh from america um the managing Director of Global Data Retail, uh, Neil Saunders. Welcome, Neil.
1: Thank you, Andrew. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to be here.
0: No, oh, thank you. Um, so I mentioned, obviously, you, you've been living um, in the in the United States. Whereabouts in the United States are you? Is it Scottsdale in Arizona? Is that yeah. Right? right?
1: Yeah, that's where I am. Oh, around. right. Um, yeah, so in, in the desert, in the heat.
0: <laughs> Lovely. Lovely. Yes, I have seen some of your... Um, when well, I've been sat here in the midst of winter and the cold and the rain. I see your pictures from the, the desert and, uh, yeah, that always depresses me.
1: <laughs> yes, we don't get much rain. Uh, and that's, uh, as, you, as you say, it's a very nice change from the UK.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what I wanted to uh, to talk to you about was really, yeah, just getting uh, a view from, um, so I know that you've, you know, you've been living there for a good number of years, as I mentioned. And um, so I just want to talk to you about what uh, you're seeing in terms of retail trends, consumer trends and so forth in uh, in the United States. Um, and I know that um, you can uh, certainly from your Twitter or X feed, as it uh, now is, um, you're not shy to call out uh, some well-known brands who perhaps aren't merchandising as well as, as they could be. So perhaps we'll cover that as well. Um, but yeah, tell us about the sort of the the trends that you're seeing in in the United States, yeah, sure, so I
1: think yeah, Andrew, we've been through a pretty good period for the u s Obviously, the pandemic wasn't a very nice period for any of us socially, but actually, retail did very well in the u s We saw tremendous growth, uh we saw most retailers doing pretty well out of it, but of course, we're now in a very different era and what we're seeing at the moment is quite a marked slowdown in retail growth. There's still growth there, but consumers are starting to cut back. They're starting to become a lot more cautious about purchasing. And I think we're seeing retailers respond to that. So things like discounting levels are up. We're starting to see real sort of polarization in the retail results that are coming through. Some retailers doing pretty well, others in the middle, and quite a lot not doing very well at all. So I think we're sort of on the knife edge at um, the moment. And the big question that everyone is asking, of course, is what does this look like for the holidays? It's the, you know, we're going into the golden quarter, the biggest quarter for retail. And I think there's a bit of nervousness there because a lot of retailers feel that the consumer is slowing down. So... We're not in a terrible state, but I think very similar to the UK, we're in a more challenging position, and retailers are having to work much, much harder to get the results and the sales numbers that they want.
0: Yeah, certainly the yeah the, the way that I've um, you know obviously I'm UK centric, but um, come over to uh, conferences and so forth thing in, in uh, the states quite a bit, and. Um, There are a lot of similarities, aren't there, in terms of just the general sort of trajectory as to where uh, the market is, uh, is heading. And I guess within that as well, there's quite a bit of uncertainty. Is that the case over there as well?
1: Yes, I think there is a lot of uncertainty. I think people are, as in retailers, are very uncertain about what comes next. We can all detect there's some change out there, but it's a question as well. How do these things land and what does that look like in terms of consumer patterns and trends for the next three months of this year and going into next year? Um, And there's a lot of uncertainty, of course, in terms of demand, which means retailers are very cautious about the inventory they're buying, the levels of inventory they're buying. They're very cautious about planning merchandise, discounting a lot of things are very much up in the air and a lot of retailers I speak to say, well, we kind of do have plans and views, but we're remaining very nimble. We're taking it day by day. We know that we might need to change our strategy very quickly if the consumer changes. So I think there's a degree of optimism out there, but there's also a lot of realism that you've got to be very fleet on your feet because things change very, very quickly. And the consumer is certainly showing that in terms of the patterns we're seeing come through uh, in the way in which they're consuming.
0: What, um, in terms of the retailers who are doing, or the retail um, environments they are doing well, is that, because over here it um, seems that um, retail parks are... Um, you know, not exactly thriving, but certainly compared to you know what we refer to obviously as you know over here is the high street. Um, is that mirrored um, in in the US at all?
1: It's mirrored to a certain extent. I think the US has a very different structure of retail. We obviously have what the US called main streets, yeah. it's not that common. We don't have traditional town. Uh, and the city set up in a way I and mean, obviously you have the big metropolitan uh, areas like New York or Seattle that have downtown areas but most shopping in the US is not really done on Main Street and um, most of it's done in and malls and I'd say the picture there is very mixed. I think some miles are doing really well. We've definitely seen a bounce back in terms of the number of people visiting miles, football is up. A lot of retailers trading very well out of miles. But some of the weaker miles are still really struggling and probably some of them are going to shut down. The strip miles are doing probably a lot better um, simply because the mix of retailers on them tends to skew to being more essential type products which of course is where we've got a lot of growth so I'd say you know physical retail has definitely come back in in the US but it is very mixed in terms of the patterns around the country and the type of shopping location.
0: Yeah because one of the other things that's always interested me and maybe uh, you can uh, tell us why and that's the the difference when we compare the UK and the US markets in terms of the percentage of um, e-commerce online sales it's always, even pre-pandemic and now, I think, post-pandemic um, been higher over here. And I've always just wondered whether that is down to the consumer behaviour, whether that's dictated to an extent by the obviously very, very different geography, the size of, of the two um, countries. Because I think, well, from what I saw the latest figures over here from the uh, ONS, it's around about 24 to 25 percent of total sales. I think over there, around about 15, 16, uh, perhaps.
1: Yeah, I think uh, it, it is less in the US. I think sometimes there's a bit of caution needed with the numbers because, yeah, sometimes retail sales in the US will contain food service as well, whereas they don't in the UK. So that pushes the number down. But even if you take that out, you're quite right the penetration is is less in the U.S. And I think it's down to a few reasons. The first one is that the U.S. is a much bigger country and mm. it's also a much sparser country in terms of population density. And it just means that it can be quite difficult to make the economic stack up in terms of last mile delivery. So I think retailers have always just been a little bit more reluctant uh in the us to drive online sales obviously that's changing now but we've come from a a sort of position of behind i think the second thing is that the us is a very car driven society and as i said most people don't go to a sort of a high street whereas you know in the uk like you go to the high street you drive it can be difficult to find a parking spot sometimes you have to pay for parking sometimes in some places there are congestion charges We don't really have any of that in the US. You just get in your car, you drive to the mall, parking is abundant, you don't pay for it. It's very, very easy. So I think people are much more likely to go shopping in in person. That's another reason. And I also think, in some senses, a lot of UK retailers have just been a bit more sophisticated sometimes about online shopping, especially in the grocery sector. The US retailers are starting to you know, pick up in that regard now and warm up, doing a, a brilliant job with online delivery in grocery. But in certain sectors, the US has just come again from a, a position of being behind. So it's taken us, you know, a little while to catch up and we're still lagging where the UK is. So there's a lot of differences, but the trajectory, I think, is very much the same. Online is taking a bigger share. It's not as big as uh, a leap as it was during the pandemic, of course, but we're seeing the same sort of trajectory and trends. It's just we're a little bit behind the curve compared to the UK.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was talking to somebody for another episode of this podcast um, recently, and um, we were discussing uh, the thing which seems to be talked about an awful lot at the moment, and that's the... uh, Blurring of the lines between online and offline, and what that means in terms of digitizing the store. Um, and, you know, obviously, by that, I'm, I'm not referring just to simply sticking up a, a few, a handful of uh, digital screens. It's got a lot more sophisticated than, than that. Are you seeing that um, over there in, in the US?
1: Yeah, we're definitely seeing an investment in stores uh, in terms of omni channel capability. And I think retailers are doing very basic things like making sure that they've integrated collection points in store and integrated points where staff can pick and pack orders, especially if they're fulfilling from stores and sending them out. And um, we've seen a lot more emphasis on that. And if you look at Target's latest format, for example, actually some of the stores are bigger than they were before, but it's not because they're increasing the size of the shop floor very often. They're actually increasing the behind the scenes bit where the staff do all of that picking and packing and uh, you know sorting of online orders. So we're definitely seeing shifts in, in the store. And to your point, we're seeing increased digitalization as well. I think a lot of retailers are making an effort now to uh, link uh, systems that run stores with systems that run online so you can check stock in real time. I don't think that's necessarily a youth, new thing in the UK. I think you know, Argos has been doing that for years. Um, mm. But in the US, um, again, we've come from a sort of position of, of being behind, but retailers are now starting to catch up and just join those two channels together so that customers can shop seamlessly and easily between the two, which is, of course, what most people want to do.
0: No, absolutely. And I think um, uh, to your point there, you know, what, what I'm uh, seeing is that consumer demand and expectation, demand in terms of, Value and services, as opposed to you know volume, and and and, that, and that's a uh, demand supply. But in terms of what they expect from brands and from retailers, you know, I I think particularly post pandemic that that has, if anything, has accelerated. Would Would you agree with that?
1: Oh yeah, what? I think absolutely. I think consumers are much more demanding now. They have much higher expectations. Um, I think. In the pandemic, people sort of accepted things perhaps weren't ideal in retailers because there was a crisis on. But now we've emerged from that crisis. People expect customer service to go back to normal. And we're seeing customer dissatisfaction rates go up in in retail. Um, And we're seeing people become less satisfied in some cases, not all less satisfied with the physical shopping experience because retailers aren't investing in staff. They're not investing in stores. And we have very specific problems as well. I know it's a rising problem in the UK, but in the US, we have a big problem with retail theft. And one of the biggest things at the moment is retailers locking things up behind closed doors, very basic things like deodorant. And of course, it, it's understandable because retailers want to reduce theft rates, but it drives customers nuts. And it actually has yeah. proven to reduce sales enormously uh, and customer satisfaction it reduces as well. So. I think retailers have got quite a lot of work to do in terms of pulling up the store experience to drive customer satisfaction because at the moment, while it's not terrible, in some cases it's not ideal either. So there's quite a lot more work to do with that.
0: Yeah, um, I agree. And certainly over here, um, the uh, British Retail Consortium, who who I know you you know, uh, the people there, I mean, they, they uh, reports, I think their latest said that uh, it's I think tripled the rate of um, theft. I mean, we still we still refer to it as shrinkage, don't we? And I think I've, I've put something on LinkedIn not so long ago and said, look, we really ought to be calling it, calling it out for what it is, which is theft, because here there's it, now it seems to be more organised um, organised groups who just brazenly walk in, typically to a convenience store, and just take bottles of wine, beer, you know, you name it, and and just walk out.
1: Yeah, well, absolutely. And it's the same problem here. It probably is even a little bit worse here. But um, Home Depot, for example, have talked for a very long time about organised retail crime. And they have gangs that go into the stores. And they'll do things like steal power tools to order because obviously they have a very high resale value. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're not going in and lifting the odd drill. Uh, They're lifting, you know, like, carts or trolleys load of this stuff and just walking out and we've seen uh, in some malls people walk into Nordstrom or Macy's and just literally take stuff by the armful off racks or rails and just walk out of the store with it Uh, and oftentimes they they get away with it because staff are too afraid to stop them or there's a store policy that uh, these people are not stopped. so it is a, a very big problem for retailers
0: yeah it's a social it's a social problem isn't it? Well um, let's let's end it on a more positive note. we've got about 30 seconds or, or, or so. Um, if you were to pick one retailer in in the US that, that's you know doing well and that you admire you know large or small or mean whatever size doesn't matter who, who would you pick out that you'd say well yeah they're, they're, you know they're, they're getting it right.
1: Well, I think it's probably a bit of an obvious one in a way, but I I would pick Amazon. And the reason I say that is because I was at Amazon's Accelerate conference last week. And Amazon is impressive, full stop. But what I was enormously impressed with was how they're going the extra mile to really make life easier for the small sellers. And obviously 60% of Amazon sales in the US now come from third-party businesses. They're not Amazon's own sales. They're the small and independent sellers. And the tools and the technology that they've got coming down the pipeline for these businesses, from using AI to write product descriptions, from using AI to get better feedback so that there can be a continuous process of product improvement, to ways of improving the inventory and fulfillment flow, it's really impressive, and I think that they are really just creating a platform now for entrepreneurs in retail and they're just leveling the playing field and I actually think it's a it's an enormous threat to some large brands and businesses and the threat actually interestingly isn't really Amazon themselves it's coming from these small sellers who are enormously creative and are really doing exciting things and now are using the tools to propel their businesses so I'm really impressed with that, mm. and the fact Amazon, despite it being huge, is continuing to really innovate and just push the curve of retail forward.
0: Neil, that's a great place to uh, to end. We've overrun a little bit, but that is perfectly okay. Uh, Neil Saunders, thanks very much for your time.
1: Yeah, thank you andrew great to great to be here.